This is Friday, September 3rd. And there is this passage in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 31, that says this, It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Wow, it seems like a strange thing to say, but it's true. Sometimes when a person comes to faith in Christ, they will tell me that they expect their life to become easy, or at least easier. When they tell me this, I chuckle because I know better. Here's what I mean, and the story of Israel is the best example. Walking with God is serious business. Perhaps think of the time when Israel sinned by making the golden calf. Moses was away from the camp at the time receiving the law, and there was nothing more ironic than that. (laughs) But when Moses returned, it was not a pretty sight. Here's what the Lord told Moses. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. That's Exodus 33.3. The Lord told the people that he would fulfill his promise to give them the land. He would do everything he said, but he would not journey with them. Why not? He'd not be able to tolerate their disbelief and disobedience. For goodness sakes, he was likely to destroy them. Now, God wasn't throwing a tantrum, refusing to go with the people. He was speaking the truth. Do you really want to be in the company of God? Now, when younger believers ask and are interested, I tell them that their lives will not get easier. God will mess up your life, at least the way you have your life now. Walking with Him is going to change everything. He will mess with your priorities, change and devastate your old identity that you built for yourself, and He will reorder your life. Here is C.S. Lewis explaining. Imagine yourself as a living house, and God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what He's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. (laughs) Yes, we ask God for a little touch-up paint. And he tears down the house and starts afresh. It feels devastating at the time. Our lives are turned upside down. And this really is the story of God's people. They think all God has in mind is bringing them out of slavery in Egypt. And that sounds pretty good. But what he wants for them is far greater than that. He wants to create in them a nation. They are to become his people. His desire is that they live by faith in him and come to reflect his glory in the world. No wonder the journey is so painful. 
It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This means that our faith in Christ is serious business. Jesus doesn't want to be a side issue in your life. He is your life. And that means your life is bound to change. And this change, sometimes, it's going to hurt. Look at Israel and you will see how radical a thing it is. Yes, God says that he, he will go with them. If he does, he may destroy them on the way. Now back to that scene in Exodus. Moses does not accept the Lord's word. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor before you. Consider too that this nation is your people. Now Moses tells the Lord in no uncertain terms that the people are his. They are already his. But Moses says more than that. He says, we need to know your ways so that we will know how to walk with you. In other words, we cannot know how to walk with you unless you show us. They did not know how to walk with the holy God. And as we read their story, we realize we don't know how to do that either. And this is the purpose of this time they have in the wilderness. It's also the purpose of our time and our life with God now. Here's what happens next. This is Exodus 33, 14-15. And he said, that's the Lord. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Finally, in their conversation, the Lord tells Moses he will be with them on the way. He'll lead them and teach them. He'll shape their lives. He'll correct them, train them, and discipline them. I love what Moses says. Lord, if you're not going to go with us, there's no sense in us going at all. We're just not going to go. There you have it. This journey makes no sense without the Lord. Without him leading us and teaching us. But the good news, and yes, the hard news, is that the Lord will go with his people on the way. And this is true for us as well. God will rearrange your life. He will turn your world upside down with his presence and his love. But there's no sense of going on this journey without him. Let's pray together. Lord, there's so many times when when I don't understand your ways, but I trust in you. If you will not go with me on the journey, Lord, I have no de desire to go. My heart and my flesh may fail, but Lord, you are the strength of my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.